something that which all of us have been struggling to understand in this journey is to know the heart of our heavenly father you know many times the term father is very much associated with our worldly fathers in this world <clears throat> we come across many fathers but there are only a few good fathers many times you know the lack of having known and being loved and cared by a good father makes us to reject even the love of our heavenly father because you know we don't have a good example many of us struggle to find a good father i thank god for you know good fathers you know some of you are those who are sitting here you are the best you are the good and the better and the best fathers in the world i should ask your children about it right <coughs> i can't say it i can't ask you but i should talk to your children you know many times we lack that example and the model of being a good father you know that really you know did really did not help us to know the love of our heavenly father or the heart of our heavenly father heavenly father revealed himself all through the old testament but still we find it difficult to capture capture the heart of god the heart of our heavenly father jesus many times he told if you had known me you would have known my father also but in spite of that the disciples did not know anything about the heavenly father when philip asked this is what philip asked he asked jesus show us the father you have been talking about your father where is your father show us your father and philip asked this question and jesus told to philip he who has seen me has seen the father so how can you say show us your father so jesus told he who has seen me has seen the father you know in spite of all these teaching going on all these things that jesus was trying to help to the disciples they did not understand the heart of the heavenly father are you listening to me i want every eye to be focused on me as i speak okay right so, so uh, jesus was trying to help disciples to understand the heart of the heavenly father but still they did not understand you know we all have that struggle of knowing the heart of our father you know it is important to know the heart of our father it is important to know our heavenly father because we are his children he is our father in heaven and we are his children so it is very important that we understand and we know the heart of our heavenly father you know this morning i titled my sermon as father's heart can you say that with me father's heart this morning we are trying to understand who our heavenly father is and what kind of heart is our father's heart one of the best known pictures of the heart of god in the word of god is seen in the parable of the prodigal son 
We know sometimes we call that as a parable of the lost son. We read that in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. We may not read the entire scripture in one stretch, but you will listen to a couple of you know, verses uh, then and there. Even though Jesus spoke about this parable in a slightly different context, you know, he combined this parable along with another two parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin. Jesus was reiterating, you know, the purpose for which he came to this world. He spoke about the lost sheep and the shepherd. He also spoke about the lost coin. And I have come to find, to give life to those that are lost. You know, that was the message. And also Jesus mentioned, you know, if anyone comes back to the Father or anyone repents, there is a great joy in heaven. You know, these are the messages that Jesus was trying to communicate to the disciples and those who are listening to him on that day. Now today, as we are going through this parable of the prodigal son, I believe this parable of the prodigal son exactly depicts, exactly pictures the heart of God. Are you with me? We see a glimpse of the father's heart in this particular parable. So today as part of this sermon, you know, we want to capture the heart of God as we try to understand, as we journey together through this parable of the prodigal son or the parable of the lost son. So we all know this story and this is how the parable goes. Father had two sons, two children. One father had two children. The younger one came and asked the father to divide the inheritance and he took his portion and he went away to a far country and he lavishly spent that money that he got us from his father and you know what came famine came and eventually he became a servant of a citizen of that far nation and he eventually he became serving pigs serving swine and he ended up in eating the food that was fed that 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 was given to the swine so he was e eating that pig food and some point of time in his life, suddenly he realized that in his father's house, there are many servants and they all have a, you know, good stuff to eat, good food to eat. Why should I eat this food and suffer in this country? Why don't I go back to my father? There was a great realization came in his life. And when father saw, he did that. And when father saw him afar, Bible says he had compassion. And father ran and hugged him and he fell on his neck and he kissed his son. And son said, I have sinned against you and I'm not worthy to be considered as one of your sons. Just please treat me as your servant. And you know what father said? Father said, you know, come on. He called all the servants and he said, change the robe. It's, it's very dirty and it's very ugly. Change the robe and put sandals on his feet and put a ring. You know, just treat him in a proper way because my son has come back. And, uh, and there was a great celebration. And father also said, you need to kill the fatted calf and, you know, prepare that calf for our supper. Right? So we'll have enjoy food together. And there's a great celebration and great merrymaking, dancing and singing. Everything is going on. And now the older son came back from work. And as he realized that what is happening in the house, he refused to enter into the house and father comes running and he pleaded the son, older son to enter, asking him to enter into his house. 
and he explained what had happened and you know what the older son said father I had been here in this house I've been such an obedient son for all along but you know what you never even killed a killed a goat for me there was no celebration but this son you of yours who went away and who wasted his money in many different ways now you kill this fatted calf and you are just celebrating for his arrival and father explained son you have been always with me but this son of mine he was dead but now he is alive he was lost and now he is found so we read that parable in Luke chapter 15 so let's read a couple of scriptures as we get further into our sermon this morning Luke chapter 15 verse 12 says and the younger of them said to his father father give me the portion of goods that that falls to me so he divided them and gave it to him divided the livelihood and gave his portion we are trying to understand the heart of God here we see a father who did not even say a word when the inheritance was asked to be divided and he divided and he gave it to the son we are trying to understand the heart of God in the heart of the this earthly father number one our God's our heart our God's heart is a gentle heart our father's heart is a gentle heart the father the earthly father did not even say a word to the younger son as he asked for his portion you know what it was a real disgrace disgrace or a shame on any father who is living healthy and who is living his full life when children come and ask to divide the inheritance and especially the younger one coming and asking the father to divide their his inheritance it's just a shame on a father but he did that he did that without any hesitation he divided the property and we see a gentle heart of God this morning we are trying to understand the heart of God this morning we are trying to realize how good and how important the heart of our father is for us to know his father did not say even a word Psalm 103 verses 8 through 11 Psalm 103 verse 8 says the Lord is merciful I want you to stay focused in the scripture and read this with me you know it is very difficult because we never realize we never try to understand the heart of the father but it is very important this morning so I want you to be in you know, a focus I want you to just follow with me closely Psalm 103 verse 8 says the Lord is what little louder and gracious the Lord is merciful and gracious slow to anger read with me and abounding in mercy he will not always strive with us nor will he keep his anger forever he has not dealt with us according to our sins nor punished us according to our iniquities for as the heavens are high above the earth so great is his mercy towards those who fear him we are talking about a God who has a gentle heart we are talking about our Heavenly Father who is so gentle you know even though God is all-powerful almighty lifted up high and exalted 
he is still a gentle god his heart is so gentle anything can easily break his heart his heart is so gentle isaiah chapter 42 verse 3 says isaiah 42 verse 3 a bruised reed read with me and read along with me a bruised reed he will not break and the smoking flax or a smoldering wick another version says he will not quench he will bring forth justice for truth you know he will not let you down even though we are weak even though we are fragile you know even though we fail god with our attitudes you know even though we walk away from god many times you know we don't really follow god closely we just forget him many times even for the whole day we don't even remember about anything about god but even though we are such a creatures on the face of this earth he did not or he does not put us down he does not quench the little life the little strength the little love the little faith that we have for god he honors that he appreciates that our heavenly father even though we give up at times he has not given up on us he's still working on our lives a gentle father i don't know how, how else i can express that to you i don't have words we all struggle when we try to you know talk about god we just uh, we lack words we can't express we are alive today because of his gentleness our God's heart is so gentle. It is so gentle that you and I can break his heart very easily. Do you know that? With some of our deeds, some of our thoughts, some of our words, our wrongdoings, our wrong attitudes, we break the heart of God. It is so gentle. It is so gentle. Let's read further. Luke chapter 15, verse 17. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Secondly, we understand, we try to understand the accepting heart of our heavenly father. The heart that accepts the accepting heart of the heavenly father when the younger son came to himself and when he realized he thought of no one else he did not think about his friends he did not think about his family members he did not even think about his mother he thought about his father some of you may be telling me Telling now, you know what? He's the last one I'll be thinking about. Now we have bad examples in our lives, unfortunately. But our Heavenly Father is not like the Father that we see today on the face of this earth. This younger son thought about his father, his father's house, his father's heart that accepts. Is the accepting nature of his father's heart. You know, when the whole world is against you, when everyone rejects you, you have a place to go. That is your father's house. 
That is your father. I'm not talking about the worldly father. That is your father's house. When disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray, Jesus was helping them in Matthew chapter 6 how to pray. And this is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. A forgiving Father, an accepting Father, an accepting Father. Even when the Father was reminded of the past, when older son came, remember, he reminded the Father about the past of this younger son, what kind of life he was living. Even though the Father was reminded of the past, Father did not even remember the past of this younger son he did not judge him he just forgave that's the heart of the father that's the accepting nature of the father you know we can always go to our heavenly father because he doesn't remember our sins anymore today we have confidence that we are forgiven because he doesn't remember our sins anymore isaiah chapter 38 verse 17 says Isaiah 38 17 indeed it was for my own peace that I had great bitterness but you have lovingly delivered my soul from the pit of corruption for you have cast all my sins behind your back another scripture says you have cast all my sins into the depth of the seas you know God doesn't remember our sins anymore God doesn't keep anything against us. You know, there are many times we keep thinking that maybe God is against me. Things are not happening in my life because God is against me. God is not pleased with me. You know, this morning, if you search throughout the Bible, God is always for his people. He is never against his people. He is always for his people. God doesn't keep anything against us. His heart is always accepting you. He can, you can, I can come to God just as I am, just as you are. In the same way, Bible also says, we should be accepting people. We should be accepting people. You know, it's very hard. I've been trying. All of us are trying. Even though they did evil against Jesus, he forgave them. And we should be forgiving too. We should be accepting too. If our God the Father, you know, is not keeping, keeping anything against us in his heart, how can we keep something against our brother and our, and our sisters? We cannot harbor anger in our heart, resentment and bitterness in our hearts because our Father has an accepting heart. He wants us to be like him. You know, that's, that, that's, that's the walk is all about. He wants us to be, become like Jesus. And his father, Luke chapter 15, verse 20 says, let's continue. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him. And had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Thirdly, we see a compassionate heart in the father. The moment the father saw him, he had compassion over him father's heart is it not familiar with jesus the moment he saw multitude he had compassion over them A compassionate heart 
This really speaks of the heart of God. The father, when he saw him far away, he never thought that, oh, this guy is again coming back to my home. You know, some of the worldly fathers will say that, again he is back. I thought he's gone forever. I thought he will never come again. But again he has come here. I don't know what I'm going to do with him. But this father had a heart of God. Heart of the heavenly father. And he ran. He had such a compassion. He fell on him. And he kissed him. You know, when we kneel down to pray, what comes in our mind is the sins that we committed. If we are true children of God, you know, that's how, that's how we should be. The bad things that we did, the evil things that we spoke, the ugly thoughts that come in our minds, the, our wrong attitude against people, that's what comes in our mind. And when we kneel down to pray, our unworthiness, all our unworthiness comes and presses us down, our sinful nature and in many different things. But God is just waiting there with great compassion on you. He doesn't have time to remember what you are remembering. He doesn't have time. He, he, he not time. He's not just made that way. He is not just that way. He is not even thinking about what you committed. It, you are feeling so bad about your life, and you are so distressed and discouraged. You know, so discouraged and dull. And you kneel down in prayer. But God is not really thinking about you. Do you think that you know He's thinking about all your mistakes one by one? Who can stand then? Who can stand? Nobody can stand. Our God, the moment you kneel down, He comes with compassion. You know, such a God we serve, such a Father we serve, he, we don't need to think anything, anything different. He comes with say, great compassion. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23, Bible says, Though, sorry, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. And great is your faithfulness. Now we sing that song. Great is your faithfulness. In what? In showing his compassion. The moment this father saw the younger son, he ran and he had compassion on him. And he fell on him and he kissed him. You know, today I believe the father is seeing your situation and he's having compassion over you. That's the reason Jesus said, do not worry about anything. Do not worry about what you eat. Do not worry about what you drink. Do not worry about what you wear. Do not worry about tomorrow. Because your heavenly father is having such a great compassion on you. And I want, I want you all of you to read the scripture and just make, you, make the scriptures just appropriate for you. We all go through many difficulties. We all worry about so many things. I want you to read this along with me as we read the scriptures. Reading from Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. God is speaking to you this morning. I believe God may encourage you through the scriptures. Some of you are so worried about your tomorrow because you do not know what your tomorrow holds. You don't know what is ahead of you. You are worried about your parents, you are worried about your children, you are worried about your own life, your own health condition, things that are not happening in your life, things that have been waiting for. 
I believe this morning God may speak to you. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore, read, just make it appropriate. Make it just, uh, just accept that this is God speaking to you. Therefore, I say to you, Jesus telling us, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, not about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow, nor reap, nor gather into bonds. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? Verse 27, which of you bring worrying can, sorry, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the valley, how they grow. They neither toil nor spring. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, you know this is for you I believe, God is speaking to you. And if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For all, after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Verse 34 is very important. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. We are talking about the heart of our Father. It's a compassionate heart. And He is thinking of us. He is worrying about us. Why do we need to worry concerning anything of the future? This morning, I believe that God may strengthen us. God may speak to us. Let's continue Luke chapter 15 verses 22 and 24. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this son was dead and is alive again, was lost and is found and they began to be merry. The fourth heart of the father is a giving heart. We talked about gentle heart accepting heart compassionate heart and giving heart you know father wanted to give him the best father wanted to give him the best our god has been the giver all along right from the beginning the garden of eden when he created men and women and he gave life he gave life he has been the giver since then he gave life to us. He gave breath. He gave all the blessings. You know, more than everything, He gave His only Son to us. Our God has been the giver, the giving heart of God. You know, today sometimes we worry about many things that are given and not given in our lives. You may be worrying about your child. You may be worrying about some of the abnormal behaviors you may be seeing in your child at times. And even you may be doubting that if she or he is having some kind of mental disorder, emotional disorder, you are worrying. And that's your worry. 
But remember, your heavenly father has given you the best. The heavenly father has given you the best. There cannot be another best other than what you hold in your hands today and what you are trying to bring up in your life. Even an earthly father gives what his child asks for. How much more our heavenly father gives what we have been asking for. You know, this is the confidence and this is the faith that you need to have and I need to have as we follow our heavenly father knowing his heart, a giving heart. Luke chapter 11, verse 11, Jesus said, If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly, the heart of heavenly father, how much more your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Your heavenly father will certainly give what you ask him. You know, today our worry is about things that we don't have. The son came home with a dirty cloth, with no food, no sandals on his feet, and no ring in his fingers. But the father commanded him to be given the best. You know, God wants us to know that God is a giver. It's not, do not think that God is withholding something in his hand without giving you, because he doesn't like you. You know, that's a lie. We don't see such a God. God wants to give you the best in your life. When we have such a giving God, but also we need to look at the other side of the coin. We need to give in order to be given. That's what God expects. Luke chapter 6 verse 38, Jesus said, give. What did he say? Give. And it, it's, not, you know, you know, it's not only giving it to God. It's not in the context that he's talking about giving your tithes and offerings. Not just that alone. Jesus is saying give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. He's giving in general, giving your time, giving your effort, giving your love, giving your care, giving your tithes and offerings, you know, giving. God wants us to be a giver in order to receive from the giver. Remember the words of Jesus as he, as he told in Acts chapter 20 verse 35. He said very clearly, it is more blessed. Can you read that with me the second part? And remember the words of Lord Jesus that he said, what did he say? It is more blessed to give than to receive. You know, God has blessed us so much. There were times we were receiving, but we are not receiving now. We are giving. The blessing that God has given to us on the face of this earth is not for us to hold, it's to give. Is to give. Is to give. When you leave from the face of this earth, you have enough for your children. Just make sure that you have enough for your children. And apart from, your apart from that, your bank balance should be how much? How much? You make sure you have enough for your children, okay? Apart from that, how much should be your bank balance? Zero. Zero. Right? <laughs> You're not leaving any bank balance for somebody else. 
we don't need to have anything more than what we need it's all given to us to give because we know we capture the heart of our heavenly father he's having a giving heart finally luke chapter 15 verses 28 but he was angry who was angry the elder son was angry and would not go in therefore his father came out and what did you do he pleaded with him finally we see the pleading heart of god pleading heart of the father father had to plead the older son to convince him the reason you know it's not pleading somebody's case cause you know just it's begging it's that kind of pleading son please come in please come inside the reason why father was pleading with the older son was to make him understand how important the occasion is your younger son died now he has come back come alive he was lost and now he is found you know it shows the heart of god it shows the heart of god heart of the father is not egoistic at all heart of our father is not egoistic at all he comes down to any level to save you to save us a heart that already forgave everything a heart that already forgot everything do not remember anything now it's pleading it's pleading even today God pleads with men to have friendship with him to have fellowship with him the one who refuses the pleading of God I believe he or she will face consequences because God still pleads with us because he wants to capture our heart he wants to gain our attention he wants us to love him only him and he wants us to pay our attention to God there are two reasons why God pleads there are two reasons we need to understand the pleading of God in the context number one he pleads us to reconcile with God he pleads us to reconcile with God you know father's heart our heavenly father's heart is for us to reconcile with him it's simply it is for us to get saved he pleads you know we know Jesus is sitting at the right hand of father in heaven and he intercedes for us Romans 8 34 Jesus is interceding to God on behalf of us for us we also know that Romans 8 26 says the Spirit of God who intercedes the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be even uttered we see interceding Jesus and interceding Holy Spirit and I believe the father's heart is the same pleading and interceding speaking to himself on behalf of you this is my son my daughter he pleads us to reconcile with God you know this morning if we any of us are walking away from him we need to come back to the love of God it's worth coming getting at ourselves attached with the heart of God second reason why God pleads he pleads us to go on behalf of him he pleads us to go on behalf of him Isaiah chapter 6 we read an instance when Isaiah saw the Lord God who is seated on the throne 
and his glory is filling the temple of God. He had that vision. And Isaiah also heard an audible voice in verse 8. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying what? Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then Isaiah said, here I am, send me. Whom shall I send? I believe it's not a question that God is asking whom shall I send, but it is a plea, it is an appeal, it is a request from God to mankind saying, whom shall I send? Whom shall I send? Our God is even pleading today. When God doesn't find anyone, obviously he has to plead to you and me. Can you go? There are people dying. There are people in your same apartment that they don't know about Jesus. There are people even in this, during, during this pandemic situation, they need some help. Can you go? Can you go and do something about them? God is pleading. God is pleading. And Bible even says, you know, it's very, very, very sad to read the scripture. When God doesn't find anyone, Bible says he himself comes down to plead for mankind. Isaiah 58, 9, verse 16. Bible says, Isaiah 59, verse 16. We are talking about the pleading heart of God. 59, 16, Isaiah. He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation for him and his own righteousness, it sustained him. When God finds nobody is there on the land on behalf of him, he comes down. He comes down. In the deserts of Afghanistan, a group of missionaries went to show the Jesus movie in the villages. People from all the villages, they were invited in a particular space, in an open space, to host the movie. Many came from even far different places and walk, by walking miles after miles, they all coming in the desert of Afghanistan to see the Jesus movie. One of those villages, while walking through a hilly road, he found an elderly man sitting at the side of the road, you know, both his hands on his head, weeping with a great distress. The villager came near to him and look, had a look at him and he was trying to comfort him. He tried his level best to comfort him. But this villager was not at all listening. Sorry, this elderly man was not at all listening to the villager. He continued crying. He went on and on crying. And you know, him, the villager made quite a few attempts to comfort him. But this man was not stopping and the villager left him and he continued his journey to the place where the missionaries, they were hosting the show of Jesus, the film of Jesus. Now soon after the sunset, they started playing the Jesus film. A large crowd was watching the film, the movie, in absolute silence. Suddenly one man in the middle of the crowd screamed out very out loud and he asked the projector coordinator or the operator to stop the movie at that particular scene. You know, that was a very close shot of Lord Jesus Christ coming out of the water, coming out of River Jordan after being baptized by John the Baptist. And he was staring at the screen and he was crying with his head, face covered with his hands. And you know what? He was, 
you know, uh, he, he was crying out loud, just staring at the, at the picture of Lord Jesus Christ on the screen. And nobody could realize what is going on, what is happening. And later when he was, he was inquired, he explained what he saw on the way. Somebody sitting at the side of the road and crying, the same man who was seen in the screen. He was sitting at the side of the road and crying. And he said, I saw Jesus sitting at the side of the road and crying out for this village. You know, when nobody is available to go on behalf of him, he comes down. He comes down. His heart is a pleading heart. You know, I believe God is pleading for ourselves and also he is pleading for on behalf of this land. There are millions there need to come to the love of saving love of Lord Jesus Christ. And there are times even God comes down, you may not realize there are angels on the face of this earth. There are, you know, God, he, he comes, either the Christophany, which was seen in the Old Testament many times. And even today he comes in those villages where missionaries dare to go in and enter in. He comes down to help. Because his heart is a pleading heart. Not only Jesus' heart, his father's heart is broken. You know, it's very, 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 you know, strong thing or very courageous for us to know that today you are broken and we are broken and our Heavenly Father is broken too. Your heart is broken and His heart is broken too. And He is having compassion over you. He is pleading you to come back to Him. He's pleading can you do something about this situation? Can you do something because people are dying in the midst of the brokenness that we are going through? The heart of the heavenly Father is broken too. He's pleading you. Shall we all arise for a time of prayer? Our Father's heart is so gentle. That even we can hurt his heart, hurt his emotions very easily. It's such a gentle heart. Our father's heart is also accepting heart. Our father's heart is a compassionate heart. Our father's heart is also a giving heart. It's a pleading heart. My question this morning is, why do you harden your heart? Why do we harden our hearts?